Steve, how's it going? Happy Monday. Uh, happy Monday to you. Yeah, man. Decent weekend here in Boise, other than it just freaking rained all day Sunday. I think we had like second wettest May ever or something like that. It's been crazy. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's full on summer here. 101 degrees today. Nice and humid. Uh, just honestly terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited that in a, a little over a week we're headed to Alaska and I'll maybe get into some bugs and other conditions I'll complain about then, but at least get a reprieve some from some heat and humidity. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be here quick, man. Like what? Yeah. Next Wednesday flying out. Yeah. Crazy. So listeners, if you're new, this is a Monday minute episode. These are kind of laid back and formal episodes where we answer your listener questions. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, just real quick, wanted to remind you guys that here in the month of June, 2022, we do have a giveaway going on, uh, not only from EXO, but from some other companies, our Galley Outdoors, uh, SNS Archery, Wiser Precision. So go check that out. There's a link in the show description. If you want to get entered to win some of that gear, uh, takes just a couple seconds to check that out. Uh, diving right in, Steve, we're going to do an EXO question first that came through from SpeakPipe. And this guy left us a message about essentially, I'm equating this to like getting boots, trying them on. How do you know if they actually work? We've talked mm. a bit before about how that uh, can be a process. And sometimes you have to be very specific with how you try something to know if it's going to work. And he had similar questions about packs. So here's this question. Hey guys, uh, love your podcast. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Really appreciate all the content you guys are putting out there. Uh, just question on uh, purchasing and properly fitting packs, as most packs are uh, e-commerce nowadays. Uh, I've gone through a few packs now on my second one and uh, went from a Kuyu pack to a Stone Glacier, um, always finding the fit fits fairly comfortably through the initial fitting process till I get out and start actually packing some serious weight on it. And then um, by the time that happens, then it's too late to uh, usually send it back in uh, or return it. And uh, constantly tweaking the pack to try and get it to fit properly. Uh, I'm just wondering how you guys deal with that and what kind of exchange return policy you guys typically have on your packs and uh, what that process looks like. All right, Steve. So there's a lot in there, but if we were to simplify this to you get a pack, you, for us anyway, we talk about like a 30 day trial period. What should someone actually be doing to assess pack fit and make sure it's going to work for them? Uh, yeah, there's no short way around it. It's just like boots. You got to put it on and go hike with it. Uh, so we just say, you know, you got 30 days and as long as the pack comes back to us in like new condition, um, I'm expecting you to, you know, go for a hike around your neighborhood and, um, you know, hit the trails a little bit. You, you might get a little sweaty, but that, that's fine with us. Um, we, uh, you know, if, if we get a pack back, that's a little sweaty, we'll just put it on as a demo, clean it up and then sell it as a demo or something like that. Um, but, uh, we, yeah, you gotta be able to get out in real conditions and, and load it up. The only problem we would have on a return is to say you took it hunting, uh, and then it then just, you know, you killed something and it's covered in blood and hair and things like that. Then it's like, okay, man, we can't give you a, a full refund at this point. Um, 
but uh so yeah you gotta you gotta wear it you gotta use it um that's the tough thing with boots like he says i, I experienced that myself obviously it's like you got to decide before you before you really actually test it if you if you want to keep it and sometimes i you know got a pair handful of pair of boots out there in the garage that are uh didn't pass the second and third tests so um as far as pack fitting you know obviously we try to do our best to have lots of articles and videos on how to properly set it up and, and encourage especially if you're newer to this stuff encourage you to reach out to us um you know you load it up with 30 pounds do your best to fit it have somebody take a picture of you wearing the pack send it into us and we can give you feedback of if you're on the right track or not maybe some little tweaks and then um from there yeah you just hike and adjust as needed it is tough to kind of run into this before with say like a, a guy from the midwest who's never thrown a hundred pounds on his back and he maybe listens to the podcast and hear us talk about how it's comfortable and totally doable right um it's not it's comfort is relative um you have to experience a, a poorly designed pack with a hundred pounds to understand how miserable that can be um <laughs> but to me i think uh, I've always defined it as there's going to be slight discomfort. You've got a hundred pounds on your back. It's not like, you know, you're just walking through the park here, but there shouldn't be anything that's painful. Um, so pain would be excessive pressure in spots, excessive rubbing in spots, um, beyond excessive shoulder pressure to where, you know, the next day your shoulders and neck are so stiff that you, you know, you can't move. Right. Um, those are things where, all right, either, you know, you didn't load the pack right. You didn't fit the pack right. Or um, there's a good chance it's just a poorly designed pack that no matter what you do, you can't you can't fix. It's just not going to carry weight comfortably. So those would be the things, um, you know, all the factors that go into that. I guess. Um, yeah, there, there's certainly a lot there. But again, I think uh, with under 50 pounds, you sh- you know, once you get kind of broken in, and it's just like anything. Like if you've um, you know, there's pressure and, and tightness around there around the waist and things like that. So there's probably some just natural breaking in of the body to it. Um, equated to like the first time you go out and ride on a bike, uh, like your butt's going to be pretty sore the next day. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean the seat's poorly designed. It just means your body needs to kind of, uh, adjust to it and get used to the pressure. Um, same thing with a pack. Like if you haven't worn a pack in a long time and you just go f- throw 50 pounds on and go do a five mile hike. Yeah. The next day you're going to have some slight tender spots, but after a few hikes, you know, that kind of breaks in. And then again, just slight discomfort, but never painful would be my best definition of it, of how, how 80 to hundred pounds should feel. Right. Yep. Slight discomfort with those heavy weights. We're not saying slight discomfort all around, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. 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 You yeah. got to be getting over 50, 60 pounds to start feeling anything where it's not like completely pleasant. Um, and then obviously the higher you go in weight, the that's going to, you know, back down some, but again, I, for me, I, you know, throw a hundred pounds on, go do a four or five mile hike. Um, by the end of the hike, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to take the pack off, but it's not like, oh my God, I need to get it off now. And then a few hours later, you should never know that you were in a pack. That's, mm-hmm. that's how it should feel. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, to echo what you said, Steve, and all that was on point, obviously, but the one thing I would say is if, if it's with us, if it's with XO, just don't hesitate to reach out. As you said, yeah. um, send the photos, make the phone call, do the thing. 
um, because there's typically a lot that we can see or help with um, that really is going to make a difference. So just don't be afraid of, you know, reaching out. And I think, you know, sometimes guys are just terrible with not wanting to admit that they don't know what they're doing all the time. Right. And it's always really honestly very pleasant when someone's like, you know, I'm new to this, right? Like I'm new to packing, yeah. I'm new to weight. Can you just help me with this? And maybe this is a quote unquote dumb question, but it never is. So um, I just say, yeah, reach out and we'll get you, we'll get you squared away and do everything we can to make sure that it's loaded with the weight properly and it is adjusted properly. So, yeah. And I'd say even in the scenario where someone's like questioning fit 98 out of a hundred times, we're going to get them dialed in. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare that the, you know, your body shape, um, and, and just, yeah, it doesn't fit the pack we, there's always adjustments to be made. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We'll change in over to uh, a kind of specific hunting scenario, um, having to do with wind and wind, wind changes during your approach or setup with hunting. This is uh, something we've all encountered before, and there's no quick and easy answer. But I wanted to see Steve what your thoughts were. Here's this question. So let's say you're set up on a bull, and you're pretty sure he's coming in, and then the wind changes. Would you risk moving and giving yourself up? Or would you stay put and uh, see what he does? All right, Steve. So we can talk about about different scenarios, uh, but let's let's focus in on what he said first. You're set up on a bull. It sounds like there's some sort of interaction or calling. He said that he thought the bull was moving in from a direction, but then there's a wind, perhaps that what where your scent as the hunter was going towards the direction that the bull was approaching from as he said, do you risk moving and maybe getting busted or what are your thoughts here? And obviously this depends on gosh, the, you know, the, the terrain and how far the bull was and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, in, in similar scenarios, you're set up or there's some sort of encounter with an elk, you think you may have been busted, but you're not sure that you've been busted. What are your thoughts to me? Yeah, this, this kind of go, I mean, I think you back out from that scenario a little bit and it, how cautious I am is going to dictate, be dictated a lot by the terrain, um, the country that I'm hunting. Am I, you know, did I backpack in six miles to hunt this very tiny little basin where this one bull is living? Yeah. Then I'm going to be really careful. Uh, I'm going to, you know, like say you've got this bull of a lifetime spotted uh, and he's the one you want to kill. Then yeah, you need to be really careful. Sometimes, you know, the best you can do is just make a, a educated decision and go for it. Um, but if like, if I kind of flip this, if this was like a mule deer hunt or something like that, no way ever. Am I going to like hunt with questionable wind? Um, it's just not going to work out. Like I will sit and wait for seven hours for the wind and the thermals to be consistent coming up. If I'm approaching from above, uh, or, you know, before I do that, um, for me in general, I've certainly evolved into a more run and gun style of hunting where, you know, super light pack camp is on my back, uh, try to hunt country that is, um, you know, has a decent population of animals so that, um, I can be aggressive. And so in this situation, if, if it was me, uh, in a hunt I've done the last few years, absolutely. I'm going to just stay there or go for it. Um, and if I blow the bowl up, um, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Right. Um, so I think it depends on, I used to, we used to hunt a lot more cautious and it was kind of picked areas to backpack into that seemed like you'd be going into a basin 
and you needed to be like very slow and methodical and always checking the wind. And now I find country that I can traverse more easily. Again, camps on my back. I'm lightweight. I'm just kind of running through the mountains. Um, and, and I hunt with a much more macro approach to what the wind is doing. And I don't even, I, it sounds crazy, but I haven't packed a wind checker bottle in probably three or four years. Um, cause it's just like, well, I know the thermals are going up. I'm going to approach this elk from the side, uh, or maybe slightly above and what happens with the wind happens with the wind. Um, but I don't, I used to, you know, you'd like say like on our bear hunt, we did this spring where we were going up that Canyon and like the wind, when we were in the bottom of it, the wind was going up the bottom because we were, you know, coming up early afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like in the past, I've, if I was being really cautious, I would have like backed out like, Oh no, but understanding more now that like, you know, we were the higher, we got up on that North facing slope that the thermals were actually still just kind of mixing around, maybe going down slightly. And that the thermals on the other side of the slope were probably running straight up the hill. Uh, so there's a lot of so understanding that there's a lot of wind currents going on between you and that animal, even if he's only a hundred yards away, uh, you, there's certainly a chance that just because it's blowed in your blowing at your neck that second that, uh, um, you know, 50 yards over there, it's not going a different direction. And we've all seen that, right? Like you just, mm-hmm. you've got your puffer bottle and you, you puff it and it's going down one second and you walk 30 yards and it's going up. And, um, so the wind does all sorts of weird stuff, but obviously if it's like a full on, you know, wind coming out of the Northwest and it's a 10, 15, 20 mile an hour wind and it's blowing straight at the elk. You're, you're SOL. Um, <laughs> right. There's nothing you can do. Uh, and, but that's the, in that scenario, if you do have a really strong, consistent wind like that, then I never would have approached that. Let that even get to that situation, right? That yeah, bull bugled and he's 500 yards away and you know, the wind is ripping this direction. Then you need to, you know, do a complete half circle and get around the other side of the elk. So, yeah, that big prevailing wind is not the type of situation that is generally just going to flip and bust you, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a big dominant wind. That's what, you know, you ended at a great there. It set it great in many ways, the big macro. And then that small picture of like even our bear hunt as an example. But that's where my head went for this guy's specific scenario is like, look around you and be very aware of uh, call it like micro terrain or cover or even how thermals may be different 50 yards from where you're standing. Right. And that could be based on sun exposure versus shade. It could be because of a water feature, a Creek bottom. Um, It could be, especially at different times of day, like that, you know, mid morning or maybe later in the evening where those thermals kind of are transitioning, or at least they're less stable um, and not as dominant where it's, I mean, quite literally, 20 yards away from you, the wind, the thermal could be doing something else. And so if you've had that little inkling of like, oh shoot, the wind just hit my neck, maybe repositioning 25, 30 yards away is going to actually give you a much more stable wind um, and still maybe give you that shooting lane or whatever, if a bull was approaching. So sometimes just be really aware of like small movements that could make a difference in how you use just literally micro terrain, like I said, just around you, that's going to give you a different experience. So good stuff there. Yeah. I think, um, again, just be like, you know, if you're new to it, pack a wind checker bottle and just, you know, check the wind constantly and don't try to understand why it's doing what it's doing. You know, I, I uh, flashback to your, when we killed your bull in 2020, 
um if you remember we had those the elk like above us on that little knob and the wind was kind of going up but we just dropped down 30 yards into the shadows and the second we got into the shadows and then we side held over that little creek that was coming down right then we had the wind in our favor that whole way um and that was just like you know knowing the knowledge of like hey if i just get down there in the shade over closer to that creek then the wind's going to be going the right way and we're fine um Mm -hmm. so that'd be something you know have your wind checker out there and understand that like oh north safe north facing slope a little bit of a creek draw going through here the wind's still going to be going down over there versus up on this kind of south facing slope even though they're only 100 yards away the wind is going to be going straight up towards those elk we had a question come through that's impossible to answer um (laughs) (laughs) uh, basically this guy's asking let me just read it. He's asking for one, one piece of clothing, but he says, I have almost all the gear I need for hunting, but I don't have much in regards to hunting specific clothing. I will just pause right there and say, as we've said many times, don't overthink that you don't need hunting specific clothing for everything. You can probably use a lot of what you have, but anyway, continuing on. He said, I would like to know the one piece of clothing for the top bottom or accessory that you would say is a true quote unquote must have. Feel free, feel free to be broad or get very specific and uh, recommend a make and model if you wish. And then he said, for context, I live in BC and hunt the spring and fall going as late as November. So as I said, impossible question. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, Steve, like he, if I was recommending like, okay, someone's getting started from scratch and kind of needs a little bit of everything. Um, here's what I would do. I would get a decent base layer that doesn't have to be hunting specific. You can go Merino or synthetic, and you can probably find something in either of those for like 30 bucks. If you're not too picky on hunting and you're okay with wearing like a decent earth tone solid, a mid layer top, like a grid fleece I've talked about before. Uh, Condor, for example, makes one for like 20, 25 bucks. If you're getting started, great piece, go for it pants you could do even like the wrangler outdoor pants i've mentioned before 25 bucks go for it you could spend 20 bucks on mechanics gloves get good socks for 15 bucks like darn toughs like all in like we've only spent a hundred dollars so far i think for me the the quote-unquote one piece i would invest in like quality would be a really good insulation piece um something that fits well, that is down or synthetic, according to your preference, that's the right type of warmth for the conditions that you're expecting. Um, so for me, big picture, I think you can go pretty inexpensive on base layer, top, mid layer, top pants and accessories. And at the end of the day, I think I would like want a good, really nice insulation layer just because when it's just tough when stuff gets cold, like if you're cold, and miserable you're just not going to last yeah but where'd your head go steve um yeah you're probably right man i i can't think of a budget insulation like budget lightweight puffy that i'm that i'm aware of i haven't but to be honest i haven't really looked um i think there are they're just not a bunch of super warm ones that are very budget friendly like i gotcha. see guys talk about like you know uh, it again, like oh, I've seen guys talk about Costco occasionally has these, you know, 800 full power down jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a vest from them. Yeah. So something like that, but yeah, that would work. Yeah. I mean, you certainly just don't, um, but 
I'll pick on the hunting clothing companies. Like it's ridiculous what they want to charge for a pair of pants. Like a pair of piranhas can be bought for what? 70 bucks, something like that. 80 bucks. And so, you know, someone at hunting company X wants to charge $180 for the same pair of pants. There's just absolutely no reason. I was just at the uh, outdoor retailer show in Denver last Thursday and Friday. And they, uh, the Wrangler was there with their outdoor, outdoor or outdoor gear stuff. And, um, they had a couple different pairs of pants there and yeah, they're like $40 and they look fantastic. Like they're 96% nylon, 4% stretch, um, nice and thin. They're going to dry fast. Like those, those are going to be every bit as good as just about anything else you can buy. Um, uh, yeah, just, it's rain gear obviously matters. If you're in that climate, it's just kind of rare. I mean, we're going to be up in Alaska next week for the hike and I'm not even packing rain gear. I'm just going to have an extra, clothing layer in the pack. Uh, and if it starts raining because the temps will be, you know, this is a little bit of an exception because it's, we're like talking a low of 50 and high of 65, 70, um, not even packing rain gear. Cause I'll just get wet. Um, and we were going to be hiking so much that you're not going to get stop and get cold. And then when you stop, uh, you throw on a dry shirt and, uh, get in your tent and you're good to go. So, um, yeah, clothing. Gosh, clothing's important, but not important. I guess I don't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like it yeah, is. I mean, thing. being yeah. comfortable is really important, but to point to one single piece, like I said, maybe maybe it's the puffy. Yeah. Um, huh. I will say it's funny. Even talking budget clothing, I would go outfit myself for 150, 200 bucks and go on a five day backpack hunt. At the same time, when you do have the time and experience to like inform what you specifically really want, then there's a lot of high-end pieces that I absolutely love, right? Like I'm right. glad to have the luxury of going, yeah, I can get this $250 jacket or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think, and I've always come back to this, like even for archery, even for rifle, like spending on a high-end bow, spending on a high-end rifle, spending on high-end clothing without prerequisite experience is not going to lead you to make as an informed of a decision if you were to then buy later, right? So like I started with a $400 ready to hunt bow from Cabela's. I wouldn't even know what the advantages were of shooting, you know, $1,200 bow and a $300 bow site and all that stuff, or knowing which $1,200 bow I wanted until I had more experience shooting. And I think it's a really the same way with clothing in a lot of ways. Like don't let having the best not keep you from getting started. Go get started, get the experience over time, figure out what you personally want and like, what features you're looking for, et cetera. And then you can like really narrow down and go, yep, that's the piece at that price point. I know it's exactly what I want and boom, you're going to get it and it's going to be great. I feel like I want to like do a, what would we do with that budget gear backpacking list and do yeah. like, all right, here's 200 bucks. I'll go buy all my clothes and hunt this whole year out of it. And like, I'll be just as comfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I get it. Let me, uh, quick math. Everything I mentioned before. Yeah. Base top, mid top pants, gloves, socks. I guarantee you I could hunt for a hundred bucks. So that leaves, you know, cheap rain gear and insulation for like another hundred yeah. ish or something. Yeah. It could certainly be done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions for us, again, look for a link in the show description uh, that says, leave us a message. You can leave us one of these audio messages with whatever device you're using. You don't have to download an app or anything like that. It takes just a couple of seconds. 
or you can just send us an email to podcast at exomontgear.com. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe or follow button so that you receive future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.